Chefs Without Restaurants, episode 101 with Somdip Day. My parents went through a car accident that caused severe injuries to my mother and it also paralyzed my father. Uh, to like financially support my parents go through the medical treatment, I sent back all my savings to them. After that, I realized that I don't have money to buy food for a week. So I used to live in student accommodation. And it was during the summertime where students move out, they go back to their home. And what was happening when the students were moving out, they were throwing away completely edible items, which was in the back of the accommodation where we were living. So that was where, like, uh, in order to survive that whole week, I went into that, like, big skips and gathered all the edibles and reusable stuff that I could, and I survived. This is the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast with your host, Chris Spear. Each week, I'll be speaking with food entrepreneurs and people in the culinary industry. If you're interested in learning more about our organization dedicated to helping people build and grow their food businesses, look us up on the web at chefswithoutrestaurants.com and .org, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chefs Without Restaurants. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. I'm your host, Chris Spear. On the show, I have conversations with culinary entrepreneurs and people in the food and beverage industry who took a different route. They're caterers, research chefs, personal chefs, cookbook authors, food truckers, farmers, cottage bakers, and all sorts of culinary renegades. I myself fall into the personal chef category as I started my own personal chef business, Perfect Little Bites, 11 years ago. And while I started working in kitchens in the early 90s, I've literally never worked in a restaurant. This week, I have Som Dip Day. He's an embedded artificial intelligence scientist and engineer turned entrepreneur fighting a war against food waste. He's the CEO of Nosh Technologies, which provides mobile solutions to optimize consumers' food consumption and reduce food waste in their household. He's also a TEDx speaker. On the show, we talk about food waste and some of the technologies helping to combat it. Somdip's parents were in a horrible car accident, and he was sending them all his money to help with their medical bills. With no money left to buy groceries, he had to resort to dumpster diving to survive. This was the seed that started his crusade. You don't need to be a scientist to follow along here. Somdip does get a little bit nerdy, but he breaks it down so it's easy to understand. So, will AI take over and kill us all, like in the Terminator? Probably not. But it's also helped him create some unique art, like the photo of him I'm using to promote this episode. And he's also begun creating music aided by AI. And thank you to this week's sponsor, Savory Jobs. Did you know restaurants turn over employees four times faster than most businesses? What if somebody created an affordable and effective hiring solution for the restaurant industry? What if there were a job site that only focused on people looking for food service jobs? What if that site only cost $50 a year to advertise for every job your restaurant needed? Forget the big corporate sites like Indeed and Monster. Our sponsor, Savory Jobs, has a job site exclusively for restaurants. The best part is, Savory Jobs only charges $50 for an entire year, and you can post all the jobs you want. And for our loyal listeners, use the code SAVORY10 and get 10% off. That's S-A-V-O-R-Y-1-0. 
So go to savoryjobs.com and discover the job site that's shaking up the industry. And remember to use Savory10 for 10% off. And now, on with the show. Thanks so much, and have a great week. Hey, Sumdip, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm glad we could catch up again. You and I met on Clubhouse a couple months ago. We were just talking off off mic that it, we were kind of early adopters on the platform, and I I really liked getting to know people well back in the early days. And you know, early days was like three months ago, but it seems forever ago uh, in Clubhouse days. Exactly, the Clubhouse platform has like grown so quickly in so less time. So it does feel like almost a couple of years that we haven't talked, but I'm so glad that I met you on the platform. Yeah, I, I love your story and I can't wait to share it with people. So a little bit of background, you're an embedded artificial intelligence scientist, is that right? Yes, that is correct. That is actually my real profession. I became an entrepreneur by, I would say, not having a choice. Yeah. Well, so what does that even mean? I'm a, I have very basic science knowledge for so. So for people who don't really know, I mean, working with artificial intelligence, I've got. But kind of what what do you do? So, when you build artificial intelligence or machine learning model, usually these models are very computationally resource utilized. So what happens if you want to train and run these model? you need powerful computers, at least a general purpose computer to train and uh, teach them what the model is supposed to do. So the biggest challenge that AI or machine learning faces is how you can make them execute or train on mobile platforms such as smartphones. Because in last three years, the growth of smartphone or smart devices compared to uh, personal like PCs, you will see the growth of smartphone is much higher than uh, like people buying desktops or laptops. So future is definitely mobile platforms. Now in countries like India, China, more people have access to smartphone rather than having a desktop. But on the other hand, when you have AI or machine learning models, which consume a lot of uh, energy and it also requires a lot of computational power, in that sense, running those models on smartphone become a challenging factor. So there's a new field in the artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, research, which is called embedded machine learning or embedded artificial intelligence, where researchers are specifically building AI and ML models that can be trained and run on mobile platforms. We just got one of those iRobot vacuums, and I imagine that that's got some serious AI going on in there. It's pretty neat. I, I held off for quite a while, but now, you know, this thing goes out a couple times a day and just, you know, vacuums and it knows where it stops and it knows where to pick back up after it's gone and recharge for a little bit. And I'm super excited for uh, all this stuff that's going to come. I know a lot of people are scared, you know, Terminator type uh, scenarios, which I know you've heard <laughs> uh, over time, but I, I think there's some great things on the horizon. 
Absolutely. Actually, funny thing, uh, last year I gave a TED talk where I talked about the same thing. So the topic of the TED talk was, are we building artificial intelligence to support humanity? And the reason behind talking about this topic is a lot of people are skeptical about AI taking over or AI being harmful to their creator. But the current state of the technology or the use cases mostly are very different. AI are not just enablers of a more positive and fulfilling life. At the same time, AI is helping us to do good in the society. And that's why like whenever someone says, hey, uh, is AI going to like uh, be like the Terminator? All I can say that we don't know, but given the current scenario, I don't think that would be the case. That's very optimistic. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I don't know. I've read a lot and I listen to people who are much smarter than I am. And uh, yeah, I'm just hopeful that that's not the case. So you started a business uh, called Nosh. But before we get into that, I want to talk about your personal experiences a little bit. I know at some point in your life, there was some dumpster diving uh, that you had to do for food in order to survive. And uh, you had your parents were in a pretty serious car accident. Can you talk about that stuff for a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So previously, I used to feel a bit embarrassed talking about these stuff because it puts me in a bit emotional, vulnerable position. So the reason I started my business, Nosh Technologies, was because of my personal experience with hunger. So in 2013, I moved from India uh, to the UK to pursue my master's. And in 2014, when I was pursuing my master's back in Manchester, my parents went through a car accident that caused severe injuries to my mother and it also paralyzed my father. And at that time, uh, to like financially support my parents go through the medical treatment, I sent back all my savings to them. After that, I realized that I don't have money to buy food for a week. So I used to live in student accommodation. And it was during the summertime where like during summer, students move out, they go back to their home. And what was happening when the students were moving out, they were throwing away completely edible items, which was in the back of the accommodation where we were living. So that was where, like, in order to survive that whole week, I went into that, like, big skips and gathered all the edibles and reusable stuff that I could and I survived. But that also gave me the idea that, so we were living in the same building where I was hungry, but at the same time, other people were throwing away stuff which could be reused, especially food. And being a technologist, I was like, okay, why not build a technology that could help like people 
to find such items from other people who might want to give it away. And end of 2014, I co-developed an open source, world's first crowd food sharing platform where the user can share their food surplus with other people in need who are living nearby. Now, uh, that uh, application also won uh, an international award as well. And over the years, it also inspired many other entrepreneurs to come up with similar solution to reduce food waste or waste in general, because that is and has been a big social and environmental issue for a long time. I love that. You know, during this past year, during COVID, I think where things were really tight and tough for a lot of people and we weren't going shopping, uh, three families in our neighborhood, we were just kind of doing that via like Facebook Messenger or group text, like, hey, we made lasagna tonight and there's like five portions left. Is anyone like not eaten yet and, you know, want some of this and just doing more sharing. And it felt good because it felt like you were more connected to your community and the needs of the people in your neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would always say if you have food surplus, never throw it away. Uh, if, if it can be consumed and you don't want it, share it with someone who might want it. But one of the biggest issue that like, I personally found out and also being the creator and early adopter of such technology, right? So when the COVID started, uh, so these kind of platform where you have to share your food with other people, until unless you know the other group of people, most people, because they want to uh, maintain social distancing, so you can see the role, the volunteering role uh, kind of plummeted because of COVID. Now, that another uh, observation that we noticed is that food wastage actually went up for a lot of household because of the changing shopping routines. People were over buying food product so that they don't have to go or shop uh, more regularly. But that also ran the risk of food wastage, especially for items with shorter shelf life. So now you have two components where you can see that people are afraid of kind of meeting up with new people to share their food uh, surplus. And on the other hand, food wastage at home is going up. That's where my current venture, Nosh Technologies, came into place. So again, I went back to the whiteboard and I asked, okay, how can I use technology to reduce food waste and address the challenges that are being faced right now? And we came up with the idea of Nosh, where we built an AI model that understands or learns the consumer's food buying and wasting habit and then optimizes their food consumption thus reducing food waste and also saving money for the consumer i checked out the app a couple days ago and just started putting some things in to kind of see how it works it's really neat right now you have to scan every item individually is that right to put it into the app 
That is correct. So that is one of the biggest challenges that we are facing uh, within the app itself. How you can make the app more fluid in working, especially for let's say uh, being a consumer. If I have bought a lot of items, scanning each and every item is like could become cumbersome. Uh, although we have added a new feature, which is you can also scan receipt. But this only helps, makes entering the items a bit faster, but we are still not like, it's not completely automatic. For that reason, we have developed a new intellectual property where you can take picture of the food items that you have got and the app will automatically insert those or record those items within the app. But... Uh, although we have also made this IP publicly available on our website as well and for anyone and everyone to use it, the biggest challenge is when you are building a commercial product like Nosh, executing such intellectual property could, until unless you test them properly for every possible devices, it's very difficult to make it as a commercial feature. That's why currently, although we have created the IP, but we are testing it thoroughly on several different devices so that we can give a very good experience for our users. But that is a feature which is coming very soon. Well, and I know now they have smart refrigerators that somewhat do this, don't they? Is that is that how that works? Like, I don't know. Does it take a picture inside your fridge and tell you what you have? I don't, um, I haven't really looked into it that much, but do you know anything about smart refriger- smart refrigerators? Oh, yes. Uh, so previously before Nosh, I used to work at Samsung and Samsung is one of the leading uh, manufacturer of such uh, smart fridges. But there it's more like you can keep track of what you're buying, but you still have to kind of hold it uh, in front of the camera of the fridge and it will just read what it is and then you put the item in the fridge. So it is not very different from what Nosh is doing. In fact, the entering the item with such fridge is a bit more time consuming than compared to Nosh. Because the way we build the app is how you can make uh, like recording of each item faster, which when you compare with these smart uh, fridges, most of them are still like comparatively slow. Do you have any idea how many people are using your app right now? Oh yes, so currently we have helped more than 12,300 people across iOS and Android combined together. One nifty thing that we have done, if you go to our website, uh, nosh.tech, you will find life statistics of how many food products are being saved using the platform and not just that through our research and studies we have found out that per person per year we end up emitting 0.6 tons of carbon dioxide because of food wastage which is of course uh, detrimental to the environment and hence like we from, through our like website, we show that whenever you are saving a food item from being thrown away, 
you are actually saving CO2 emission. And we have also right now, if I can recall, uh, currently saved more than 42 ton of CO2 emission. And we are also helping to build a more sustainable planet in that way as well. Well, that's great. I mean, the, the combined saving money from not having to buy more food to saving the environment, it sounds like a no brainer, but I would have no idea how to build that technology. So I'm so glad people like you know how to do that stuff. Thank you so much, Chris. Do you have success stories from people who say things like, oh, I've started using your app and I've, you know, stopped having to buy milk or stopped throwing out milk or whatever? Oh, yes, we have a lot. Uh, Okay, honestly, right now I have to bring up my spreadsheet, which has those. So on top of my head, I cannot exactly quote one of them. But all I can say that through our feedback, we have found out that on an average consumer end up saving almost 60 pound uh, or 60 uh, UK sterling worth of uh, food every month. So in that way, people are kind of saving money and at the same time saving food. Yeah, for me, it's always the the protein stuff, like the expensive stuff. Uh, and my in-laws live with us and they, you know, they only want to go to the grocery store once a week and they'll buy like chicken and ham and all this stuff because they help cook here. And it seems like every week they're like, well, we were going to have chicken for dinner tonight, but apparently it went out of date two days ago. It's like, oh, we got to stop throwing away. You know, it's like an $8 pack of chicken that goes right in the garbage because it's expired. And, you know, I eat some stuff past the expiration date, but a lot of that stuff, you open it up and it smells funky and and there's no saving it. Absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, uh, okay, I can share my story uh, before Nosh, right? And this is not, I'm not saying because of like promoting my uh, app, but uh, this is the reality that I used to face. Oftentimes what happens when you have like, uh, you have bought different types of edible, uh, you put them in pantry, fridge and freezer. I am that kind of a person somehow I always neglect the freezer. So it's like I put something. And so in my head, it's like, okay, it will uh, like stay in the freezer or it can last in the freezer for almost a month or a bit over a month. So I don't have to worry about that. But somehow it ends up like three to four months. Then you take it out. Although it could be edible, one thing I always mention that even if something is way past the or past the expiry date or use by date, always try to uh, check whether it can be consumed or not. Sometimes it could smell funky or the texture might not be good. So in that case, if you think that it could be edible, do eat it. But again, like always do check before throwing stuff out. But my issue used to be that when I take it out, open it up, like I opened up the package from the freezer, I smell it like usually it doesn't smell. But when you put it in the pan or like cook something, it completely uh, like disintegrates kind of a scenario. And then you are like, oh, no, I ended up wasting that item. I think people think they can just throw things in the freezer and that makes them good forever. Like, yeah, it stops the breaking down, but then it comes out all weird. Like you get freezer burn, it gets like an off flavor, the ice crystals in there break down the cells and you take it out and you have like watery meat. 
I, I would prefer to just eat fresh stuff when I've got it. Exactly. And that's a, like a, one of the good things is currently Nosh is helping me to work with my freezer more like better because I that that was one of the places where I always neglected. And now like Nosh, two, three days before it kind of, before the use by date, will start reminding me, hey, you should start thinking about using it. So that's like my personal success story with Nosh. So as a business, how does this work? It, like you've made an app and a platform that's free to use. I'm sure it takes a ton of time. So if it's free, how are you able to keep operating? I just, you know, I'm always interested to learn how businesses like this work. So currently, although what people are using with the Nosh app, it's only one portion of the whole business. We are about to launch a new product, which are more for B2B. And we are also going to empower the user to earn for themselves. Because one thing that I have noticed in the business world, platform that grows faster over time as businesses are the businesses that are empowering the users themselves. So although I cannot give you full detail of what we are launching because of the uh, IPs involved, but we are going to launch that by the end of August. And it's going to be more with B2B and something where we are empowering the users themselves. We, like everyone earns a portion of the money. I usually ask what's next. So I guess that's what's next. That is only one. What is next? Another thing is Nosh is also currently one of the only platform uh, in the world that is currently understanding or building up data that how people buy and waste food, which is very useful going forward because that could be used to optimize food production. And we have found out that a lot of the food wastage happens during the food production. So if you can optimize how farmers produce food in that way, you are optimizing uh, food wastage overall. Moreover, you are helping the farmers to save money as well. For this, we have also launched a blockchain-based intellectual property where we are doing exactly this. So are we just going to continue to see AI grow? I mean, I'm sure we're going to see it everywhere, but in the food space as time goes on? I hope so. But the biggest issue is finding expertise from AI. A lot of companies at the moment are not using AI in this space, food management or food consumption space, is because AI experts usually are very expensive. Uh, moreover, because it's still kind of a nascent space. So a lot of entrepreneurs, if they are not from AI or technology background, they find it a bit difficult to understand how to work with such technology. Now, for me, it's kind of I'm from that background. So implementing such technology is easier. But AI, I would definitely say it's the future 
for like uh, food industry because it's helping or it could help in so many different ways. Hmm. Yeah, I love reading about this stuff. Uh, I don't have any background in science or anything like this, but I just find this stuff intriguing. So I'm always trying to learn from the best and the brightest. Who are some people that you admire, like whose work you really uh, enjoy digging into? So is it from the AI space? Sure, or food or in general, like what do you really enjoy learning about and who do you like learning from? So definitely Joshua Bengio and Jan Le Kuhn. They are like technically being called the grandfathers of uh, modern AI. And they are also like the big brain behind building what AI is today in a way. So their contribution is mostly towards computer vision-based AI that could perform tasks such as understanding whether like, okay, in a basic sense or the simpler simpler application would be something like how can a smartphone understand whether it's a dog or a cat from the picture. But the application of this currently is so much more sophisticated and huge it's kind of like mind baffling. Sometimes even AI is better than human being in recognizing or understanding things where AI could outperform us. AI currently is or has been used in so many different industries. I would say I can't think of a single industry that is not using AI. So every industry is being touched using machine learning and AI models. I personally, me and my team, the uh, research team at the University of Essex, we are working with AI such as uh, how to understand and predict weathers, how to help in smart crop generation. So that like, you know, in drought areas or uh, where farmers have less resources how you can use AI to improve the production or how you can improve the production with smart crop itself. So these kind are like some of the examples that we are working with. Now, on the other hand, NOSH is the commercial branch of, I would say, or the commercial application of AI, where my PhD research was used like actually on how you can build and develop AI for mobile platform so that AI is much more uh, power efficient, but at the same time can perform equally well as its bigger brother and sister, which could be run on normal uh, computer. And I realized that that could be used for something more real. Like it's not just research, but you can take the research and make it use for something more that could help other people. And that's how when we were facing the problem of food wastage, we realized, okay, why not build an AI model that could optimize food consumption and ultimately reduce food waste. So AI is, again, it would depend on what is the use case and how we can fit the AI model to do that task. I'm really interested in how 
kitchens, I think, are also going to change. I mean, you're looking at food production, but I also see a lot of things in in the day-to-day kitchen space that could be improved by that. So I'll be interested to see uh, how that evolves. Oh, absolutely. Actually, there are a few companies. uh, I wouldn't name uh, exactly which company, but there are a few companies who are also AI to help chefs. So how they are doing, let's say you have bought a number of items and now the AI will help the chef to come up with recipes which matches with the groceries that you have bought in the kitchen and come up with the dishes in that way. First of all, AI is helping the chef to come up with new recipes. Moreover, it's also helping the chef to reduce food waste as well because it's only using the items that the chef has in the kitchen. So this is one of the examples that is currently becoming popular. So we're already letting the robots create the chef specials in the restaurants. Yeah. But (laughs) one thing is, see, you can never replace a human being uh, when it comes to innovation. Currently, there are a few models, especially like, uh, if uh, have you heard of GPT-3? No. So it's a model developed by OpenAI, which is one of the co-founded company uh, by Elon Musk. So using GPT-3, you can, like that model can actually create completely new recipes. Sometimes these recipes are great. But at the end of the day, you can never beat the intuition of the human being. You can never beat the intuition of an experienced chef. So AI can become an equal partner in this, but I still don't think that they can completely overtake or replace uh, us in the task. Yeah, it sounds like it can get you close. I mean, I'd love something where you put in literally thousands of recipes into a a database and then it knows what you have and could suggest them to you just as a jumping off like oh i've got everything to make a clams casino maybe i'll run that tonight absolutely although i don't know uh, have you noticed in nosh so when you have inserted few items you can select some of the items and you also get recipe suggestion from there i haven't but- played with it enough but i'm going to i'm going to start doing that i have to go through and scan more things in my fridge Ah, fair, fair. But yeah, that is also one feature that we are currently offering. But again, we are trying to incorporate more and more sophisticated uh, AI model into it. But again, I would say like uh, whatsoever, we can never replace human being. AI is an enabler for a more positive and uh, fulfilling life. But at the end of the day, we humans can never be replaced. Would you like to cook yourself? Absolutely. Especially when I'm on a date. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have good cooking skills? Okay, this is something uh, very subjective, right? Like I I enjoy my own food when I cook. Uh, So far, most of my dates have never complained. Now, I don't know whether they haven't complained because we were dating. But uh, again, like, I kind of, I like to experiment when it comes to cooking. So 
yeah when, when when i'm with someone when i'm on a date i really enjoy cooking like for the other person what are some of your favorite foods that you would never let go to waste what what's some stuff that you just eat as quickly as it comes into the house so honestly they would be uh, most probably something which will be considered as junk food so burgers oh my goodness let's say if i bought like a burger patty for uh, next 3 days to go somehow i will end up in a large batch and i love burgers so much that which was supposed to last for last 3 to 4 days uh, i'll just finish it in one day and then i realize oh shoot you're just eating burgers breakfast it. lunch and dinner yeah absolutely and honestly most people say what's wrong with you like i still remember some time ago when i used to work as a soft, uh, software engineer for a company back in manchester so i took burger and fries for my uh, breakfast uh, in the office and my manager would say are you okay are you fine but it's just me i i just love like burger and chips well i do think the dynamics of how many people and who live in your household combined with food waste do weigh into a lot of that because right now you know i have a wife and two kids and my in-laws live here so there's six people so there's a lot of people to consume the food and we don't have to have the same thing multiple times but i do remember when i was single and lived by myself you know i'd want a taco salad and i would buy a whole bag of chips and a whole head lettuce and a, a pound of beef and all this stuff and you'd make it for one person and then it's like shit I got to eat this the next 3 days or else it's going to go bad so you end up eating it all the time. So I do think a lot of that plays into what you're eating, you know, based solely on who's in your house. Absolutely and I couldn't like agree more because you're not just eating for yourself, you're eating with other people in the household. So that do affect how and what you are eating. Honestly, right now I'm living a single life and I love having food uh what i want at any time like yesterday like i wouldn't call it yesterday so i went to bed at 8 in the morning yeah, but i was uh, working that's not a nor- that's not a normal thing i think you and i talked on the phone at some ungodly hour or something because of the time difference and i was surprised that you were still up or i saw you on clubhouse at what would have been like 5 in the morning or 3 in the morning or something one time that's another reason being because uh, currently my other project uh, clouded that is we are working my colleagues are based in new york austin and los angeles so we still work at the los angeles time so in that sense like i, I end up going to bed at 8 but yesterday i literally had three bags of flaming hot cheetos at 7 in the morning before going to bed what a way to start the day or end one right for me i went to bed <laughs> well what do you have that you want to share with our listeners before we get out of here today anything else one big tip that i would recommend to anyone and everyone that at a personal level we often time do not realize how we are wasting food because it could be very little and in our head we still think that no no we are not wasting food but when you start observing yourself or take notes 
you will suddenly realize that you do end up with some food wastage, which I know you might not be able to uh, like send the food back to like uh, poor children in developing countries, but you're wasting your own money. So the least you could do is be more aware of how you're consuming your food and how you're wasting it. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to use an app like Nosh. Uh, you can just use pen and paper to just do it. But I would still urge everyone that right now food wastage is not just an individual problem. It's a social and environmental issue because food wastage contributes not just to like uh, wasting your money, but at the same time, it's harmful to the environment because you're uh, like ending up uh, in CO2 emission. So when you start taking care of these stuff, when you start taking food wastage more seriously, you are ultimately not just helping yourself, but your future generation to live in a better world. I'll say almost 20 years ago, I worked in a restaurant and they made you weigh everything that you threw away every day. And then they logged it and put it into a system that then, I guess, uh, adjusted how much you should be cooking every day. You know, it wasn't a fancy restaurant. It was like a fast casual restaurant. But I thought that was really interesting. And I've only worked at one place that does that. I don't know if more places do that. But I thought it was interesting that every day you just logged your waste and then they kind of based the next day's production off of what you were throwing away from the day before. Yeah, actually, currently, there are a certain several organizations, especially in the UK, who are also urging restaurants and supermarkets and also local shops that if they end up with food surplus, it's better to either give them away for free or find someone who will buy them at a reduced price. And you will also find that uh, recently there are a couple of applications, apps as well, that are becoming popular in these space. But as Nosh Technologies, we are also launching something closely related to this very soon as well. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. And I'm going to keep playing with the app and I'll let you know what I find. Hopefully it'll prevent me from wasting uh, more food than I have to. Thank you so much, Chris. And I would really appreciate uh, feedback from you and the listeners because ultimately we are not just building the Nosh platform as a mean of business. My end goal is to reduce food waste. So any feedback from the listener that could help us to build a better platform to serve them ultimately is uh, doing good in the long term. So I really appreciate the feedback from you and the listeners. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners, you can find it uh, on both iOS and for Android, correct? Yes, that is correct. All right. Well, go check that out. And to all of our listeners, this has been Chris with the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. As always, you can find us at chefswithoutrestaurants.com.org and on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show or sponsoring a show, please let us know. We can be reached at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.